Hey, badass friends. Welcome to this edition of the Badass Ladies Club. My name's Laurie, and I'm here with my friend Jessica. Hey, guys. And we are so excited to bring you today's episode about forgiveness. Forgiveness. Oh, my God. There's so much to talk about. Forgiveness, forgive other people, forgiving yourself. But before we get into all of this, let's talk about our Badass of the Week. Yeah, guys, um, this week's Badass of the Week is one of my favorite comedians, Whitney Cummings. Um, if you don't know who Whitney Cummings is, she is an American stand-up comedian, actress, filmmaker, and podcaster. Her podcast is called Good For You. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> um, I love it. Um, one of my favorite podcasts, actually, I have to say. Um, so she's from DC. Um, she has worked on so many things that you've probably watched if you're unfamiliar with her. She used to have a show called Whitney. Yes. Um, she did Two Broke Girls. She was on Chelsea Lately a lot when Chelsea was on. They were being, yeah, totally. Um, her most recent special was on Netflix and it was called Can I Touch It? Have you watched it yet? I haven't watched it. Um, I know, I know. She has a, <laughs> she had a robot like a, um, a clone robot made of herself, like a sex robot. Oh my God. And it was this hilarious take on like how, you know, like you're at a bar and a guy comes up to you and he like touches you and he's like, Oh, Hey lady, whatever. Gross. But whenever people see her robot, they're like, can I touch it? <laughs> and she's like, why do you have to ask me if you can touch the robot, but not me? Right? Like, it's totally okay the other way. Um, anyway, so it's a really, really funny special. If you guys haven't seen it, it is really funny. But what I love about Whitney is um, she's all about like neuroscience. Like this girl is no dumb comedian. She is hilarious. Yes. yes but so smart. She's way committed to understanding the why behind her own behavior, which I assume is how she got into a lot of this neuroscience business. And I have, I don't listen to her stuff as often as you do, but the little bit I have heard, I've learned so much about how brains work and definitely about things like codependency and really just everything we talk about here, which is owning your own shit and understanding why humans do the things that humans do. Yes. She, she talks about codependency a lot and she's actually very vocal about her 12 step program yep. that she's in for codependency, which I didn't even know there was such a thing. Whitney knew, but, um, I was like, oh, I need some of that, <laughs> but, um, we honor you, Whitney. Cummings. We honor you, Whitney Cummings. You're so wonderful. So funny. So great. And, um, I would be thrilled and honored to ever talk to you in general. Talk but. about, <laughs> yeah, a, a, a dynamic trio. We would kill it oh on a gosh, podcast with so fun. Okay. So, but, okay. Let's get into it. Back to forgiveness. Um, so there's a lot to talk about when you're getting into a subject like this. I'm going to start with how much forgiveness is hard for me. Like yeah. it's, um, it's sticky, <laughs> but in researching this episode, um, I I'm learning that it's actually really terrible for you to be bad at forgiveness. Like, yeah, it's kind of like when we researched gratitude and yes. how like the, physiological benefits of having a 
grateful heart right. um, makes a difference in your physical and mental health. Totally. So Johns Hopkins Health Systems did this huge research study about forgiveness and wrote a really cool article in a medical journal about it. Um, it's called Forgiveness, Your Health Depends on It. And what the gist of it is that unresolved conflict goes deeper than you realize and that it affects your physical health, that forgiveness can reap huge rewards for people like lowering the risk of heart attack, improving cholesterol levels, improving your sleep, reducing pain, and reducing your blood pressure. I mean, do you know how many people take medicines for all of these things when this medical journal is just saying that if you could let go and forgive and move on, that you have all of those medical benefits at your disposal? Like, I need to get better at this. Yeah, for sure. Same Z's. So... I guess I just, I, we have established, I get my feelings hurt pretty easily, but according to cancer, I, I am. And I hold on to shit with my little crab claws <laughs> and I crawl up in my shell <laughs> and I just ignore you to death until you're gone. And that's how I've worked with forgiveness <laughs> pretty much. But according to this article, you know, like that there's a huge physical burden to being hurt and disappointed and not resolving those feelings, but instead just like trapping them in there. Um, so let's, let's dive into forgiveness a little bit. Like how do we become more forgiving? How can I work on this? Well, I think that, um, the look in your face right now. Um, yeah. So you are much more of a feeler than Mm -hmm. I am. Although I don't know, Laurie, the older I get, the more. You're all soft in the middle, like, yeah. Oh, weird. But, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe work on like compartmentalizing those feelings a little bit more because you are really good at that. You're good at compartmentalizing. And I mean, I guess it would depend on what you need to forgive, I think the gravity of that situation, right? So, I mean, there's different, there's like some of that is easier said than done. Right. But, you know, we had discussed in the mean girls episode, like hurt people, hurt people. It's truth, man. You know? And so if you need to forgive somebody, it's like, who hurt you? What's going on? What's happening? Um, your problem is that you don't care. (laughs) I mean, sorry. So how you can care. I don't know how to help you there. You know what? I just, it's more about like, I think I compartmentalize it in respect to the fact that I'm really practical. So if you've hurt me and I'm angry with you, but I still need you in my orbit for practical reasons, then I will just shove that to the side and I'll get right to the business of it. Um, yes, I've seen you do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can be professional and like, totally. And that happens a lot. I think it happened a lot. Like when I was younger and was in like maybe more mean girl kind of scenarios or when friends had hurt me or when I had been hurt by family or whatever the case may be that, you know, I, I wasn't raised where you just cut people out of your life. And so I think how did you develop that then? I just think I got old enough that it was so painful for me to continue to look the other way when I was hurt by people that it just became a defense mechanism where I was like, okay, that hurt. And I'm not willing to allow you to hurt me like that anymore. And the best way for me to do that is to just knock you out, you know, and then it's not there anymore. 
but that kind of stuff never really goes away, you know? Like, well, I was about to say that kind of surprises me that you say that because I feel like out of the two of us, I am the one who's like the master ghoster. <laughs> well, yeah. And um, I'm terrible at closure. So, um, and that's just really to avoid conflict at all because one, I just don't want, I don't want to spend energy on conflict. So I don't, but also I'm like, they'll figure it out. It's fine. Oh my gosh. So this is so interesting because I freaking love conflict, but it's also, I don't know. I think part of it is like, I, sometimes I want to be heard. And so I don't mind confronting a situation that's uncomfortable if it means that I can be heard. And then I still, but I still the forgiveness part, you know? <laughs> See, I don't care if I'm heard. Oh God, no, it <laughs> burns me. But what's even more interesting though, is I do think I'm a lot more inclined to forgive someone if I'm the one that they hurt. If you hurt somebody I love, you're dead to me. Like I have no room for you mm. in my world. And so I'm a lot more aggressively vicious, I think, in that forgiveness zone when I see people mistreat people that I love. But on the flip side, you know, and this goes kind of back full circle to boundaries and codependency, I will allow people that love me to hurt me repetitively and not confront it. But I also don't really forgive it either, you know, yeah. like that it's still there at a surface level. You know, so you were saying how people hurt someone you love mm -hmm. and you're like, that's it. Done. Um, I feel that especially like in a mama bear sense oh, yeah. with Adelaide, like you can fuck with me all you want and we'll try to handle it. But you mess with my kid. I'm, Death. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. And you know, of recent situations where, totally. um, things like that have come up and I just, I haven't even confronted those situations because I'm just like, no, you fucked with my kid. I don't want <laughs> to no deal with this right now. So, um, yikes. Yikes. Okay. So <laughs> what I'm learning more and more about forgiveness is that it's just like a part of life everybody is confronted with this, you know, circumstance and that it's just a choice that you make to offer compassion to the person that wronged you instead of holding on to the pain. And the interesting part, and I think what I'm starting to understand a little better is that when I forgive them, that I'm not doing that for them. I'm doing that for me. Right. It's not that they deserve the forgiveness. It's that you deserve the because peace. they don't, they don't No. They but don't deserve it. It's not about them. Nope. That it's truly about me. And that is hard for me to reconcile, I think, sometimes. And it's also funny because, like, even if I didn't forgive you, you wouldn't know if I didn't tell you anyway, you know? Like, that it really <laughs> is, like, this internal job and the struggle with. But isn't that kind of, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? It kind of takes, one, the pressure off, but two, it's kind of this liberating feeling um, this is going to sound petty that you almost have one up because they don't have to know. No, they can be completely oblivious to it. They could be oblivious and be wondering, oh my gosh, when am I ever going to be forgiven? When will she ever be okay with me again? And then you'll be like, Psh, I forgave them all the time ago. <laughs> so <laughs> who knew? <laughs> um, I also think that the, the aspect of forgiveness that is so new to me maybe is that it doesn't excuse the behavior that was hurtful. Yeah. And so that's a big uh, pill for me to swallow, you know, like 
not forgiving people isn't punishing them. It's punishing you, you know, like, and it's not like I haven't heard a million Buddhist proverbs and Christian scriptures and all kinds of, you know, like overwhelming reasons why it's a good thing to forgive. Of course. Um, But I also wonder sometimes how much that decision to forgive, like that you just have to be conscious of it, you know, which means you have to think about what happened. You have to relive the pain and then you have to choose to let it go, you know? And well, I just know for me, sometimes I just get to the point where I realize the reason why I'm hurting or the reason why I haven't forgiven someone, if that's affecting how I function daily, then it gets to the point where I'm like, okay, I have to do something about this. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's, it's about like my, my piece and that could be seen as selfish maybe, but it's about what I deserve and my piece and that they don't really have to be part of that. Yeah. That it could totally be, um, just a inside job, you know, and And hell half the time they may not know that they hurt you anyway. They, in my case, they probably don't like, (laughs) and I guess there's also like this juxtaposition between forgiveness and apologies that like forgiveness has nothing to do with apologies. Yeah. You know, like you may never get an apology and that doesn't, but that doesn't mean that forgiveness isn't an option. Um, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Apologies are weird because I feel like most of the time, even if you got the apology, it wouldn't be the one you wanted anyway. You know, like that most of the time when I've gotten apologies, they've been very underwhelming and, you know, like didn't, didn't make me feel a lot better to begin with, you know, but, um, but yeah, a lot of times you have to forgive people for things that you'll never get a adequate amount of apology to make it okay. Like it doesn't make it okay just because you forgave them. It can still be horrific and awful. Like there was this Ted talk. I have no idea what this chick's name was, but like, you know, she had to, her mother and her brother were like murdered in her house while she was in the other room And she was trying to figure out how to forgive the guy that killed her whole family, you know, and went on this sabbatical to try and understand what it would take to forgive, you know? And it was such a harrowing story because like, I'm worried about like superficial forgiveness stuff, you know, or like people that hurt my feelings and didn't even realize it. This person was mean to me. This dude like killed her family, you know, and she found a way to forgive him so she could move on with the rest of her life, you know, like it was crippling to her. And I just remember how inspiring that was to me where I was like, dude, if that shit can seriously dig that deep and forgive somebody who had such a huge impact on the rest of her life like that, Mm -hmm. um, I can figure out my own shit enough to forgive people. Yeah. Um, so another thing that I read in this article that really kind of threw me for a loop was that Forgiving somebody because you think you have to or you have no other alternative is not going to bring about your healing. So if you forgive because it's polite to forgive somebody or you feel like you have to or because your religion, you know, requires right. it. That it's that's, an obligation that yeah. that's not going to get you anywhere. That you have you to have forgive to feel it. freely and with a and true deeply. heart. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and that resonated. And you have with to me. mean it. You have to mean it. Yeah. Um, how many times have I not meant it? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, I've probably given a lot of fake, you know, um, 
kind of thing. Like forgiveness. I don't, I I, I was about to say apologies. That's not where I was going with that. Um, a lot of fake forgiveness. Yeah. Ouch. So, but I can tell the difference from when I mean it and when I don't. Oh yeah. I mean, it's huge. What? So let's talk about forgiving yourself as opposed to forgiving other people, because I think that is actually a big part of why I have such a hard time with forgiveness is because I often also see my own part in whatever has happened. Right. And so I'm equally like, I might be mad at you for hurting me, but I'm also mad at myself for whatever my part was in that situation and for allowing you to hurt me, you know, like that I should have been smarter, tougher, not let you in, not let you get so close, you know, like whatever the things were that I insulate that whole situation by just punishing myself. And then I don't have to be so angry with you anymore, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'll take the brunt for all of it. And so not forgiving yourself like, I think it's way harder to forgive yourself for something than it is to be like, yeah, they were having a bad day. I'll make excuses for other people a lot of times, but not for me so much. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like I've kind of gotten to a point to give myself grace. And I think that when you give yourself some grace, you can um, forgive yourself for getting yourself into that position. Um, before we came into the studio, I did a Facebook live on forgiveness, knowing that we were going to come in and talk about this. And we, um, had brought up that holistic psychologist, um, post and that affirmation that she posted was so beautiful. And it said, I am not my past mistakes and I forgive myself for what I did when I was in survival mode. Oh, yeah. I mean, wow. Um, and there were other affirmations on there, but that one was the one that spoke to me the most because when I'm in survival mode, ugh, other people just don't matter. <laughs> Is that, I almost like didn't want to say it. The look in your face was like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. I didn't know what you were going to say, but I knew kind of what you were going to say. Um, <laughs> Oh, guys, it's been a day, but, um, we're a little, when you're in survival mode or when I'm in survival mode, like that's when I have the, like for you, people don't matter, but for me, it's when I take everything personally, you know, I'm like, doesn't everybody see how I'm like holding on by a fucking thread thread right now? And you're going to push me like that? Like. Okay. I feel that. I actually feel that when people come at me and I'm like, don't you know, my life is hard. And they don't. And they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, my life is really hard. (laughs) But, um, when whatever first world problems, but you know, like it's all in perspective. Um, that, yeah. When I'm in survival mode, girl, other people, I'm like, just get out of the way. I don't even care. I don't even care. And I'm not saying that makes it right. It just, um, it happens without me even knowing that it's happening until it's brought to my attention. And I'm like, fuck, you know, I totally did that. And your feelings are valid. And I didn't realize it was happening until it happened. And, um, That, you know, especially in a pandemic when every morning you wake up and you're just like, 
what do I need to do to get through the day and not get sick and not get exposed and not do this, not do that, you know? And like, I think that we've all experienced the survival mode thing. Well, yeah, but it's also like, what do I not do to get sick and survive and get on to the next day? But it's this constant limbo right now of, is it okay to do this? When's it going to be okay to do that? You know, like what, are we ever going to be able to do this again? Especially in our line of work where we can't socially distance and we have to touch people. Right. I'm like constantly going through my day of just like tunnel vision, survival mode. Let's just get this done. Pray to God that we're all okay Mm -hmm. and just do it again tomorrow. Turn and burn. And so, yeah. And, you know, and then when I get in that tunnel vision, um, like zone, I, I get really like, leave me alone. Don't talk to me. Don't like, it is so funny because I'm so used to you in that zone that I almost don't eat. Like I see it, but I don't even react to it anymore, which is so interesting considering how sensitive I am. Like it should hurt my feelings, you know, like, but I'm just, I just know that's what you're doing, you know, and we move on. But I think that that's also an indicator of like, how comfortable I get with my, with my people, Mm -hmm. like my people, like my husband obviously knows when I'm struggling, he knows when to stay out of my way. Mm -hmm. He knows when not to stay out of my way, you know, like, but that's only come with many years of many years of practice of doing the wrong thing and me being like, what are you doing? So I, um, we've trained each other, I guess, you know, (laughs) like in that respect. Um, but not everybody, gets to do that with you, you know? And so when I'm just operating in survival mode, I, um, I don't know. I think sometimes I come off, um, like distracted, you know, mm-hmm. like I got better things to do than, and I try so hard to be aware of, of that. I also like definitely have the breakdown, <laughs> Like you got to be pushed really hard to get into breakdown mode, but I don't have to be pushed that hard. You know, like I can have several breakdowns a week or a day or whatever, you know, like I got to let it out somewhere. Um, but yeah, the survival part of the forgiveness conversation, like you were saying, like I forgive myself for what I did in survival mode. Um, sorry, go go ahead. ahead. That that is, um, hard for me to identify when I've not been in survival mode Mm. for a long time now, you know, and realize how much, um, just how much shit has been going down for a long time where constantly all of my decisions, I'm like, yeah, that probably wasn't the smartest thing that I ever did, but whatever. Like I just <laughs> did it. Here we, are. here we are. Like, um, yeah. So what I was going to say, um, was that I think that you and I are really good at looking at a situation and saying this person was doing the best they could with the tools they were given at the time they were doing their best. So does that not help you forgive someone? I don't, I mean, maybe forgive's not the right word or maybe it is like when I, cause I can like, cause I can do that for myself. Like when I've, severely fucked up a situation and like, I know that I've hurt somebody or I did something wrong. I can of course apologize profusely, but forgive myself for being like, Jessica, you were just doing your best that you knew how with the tools you were given at the time. And so this whole like 
people are just doing their best constantly kind of thing. And we're all kind of in survival mode right now in this pandemic. It's made me a lot more forgiving. Oh, I definitely think since the pandemic started that I've been way more forgiving of people's behavior because we're all just dealing with this crazy situation right now, Mm -hmm. for sure. But I think that especially when I'm directly involved in whatever it is that needs forgiveness, I can see that people are struggling. I also often think, this is an assumption I'm making, but I often think I know why they did it, you know, like, um, but it doesn't make it okay. And that's where I've got to really get down with this idea of forgiveness that just because I forgive you doesn't mean what you did was okay. But yeah, in my so head, you don't, in you my don't heart, want the person thinking like, oh, well, I can just do this again. Yeah. Well, I can it, take advantage again. Yes. I can do this. I can do that. I don't want to be she vulnerable me, to so that okay. yeah, behavior Ooh, anymore. It's a vulnerability mm-hmm. thing. Because it's like, if I, if you stab me in the back and then I forgive it and, and I guess, whoa, whoa, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> so I think in sometimes, and definitely in times where it hasn't been pandemic, So let's go like six, seven, eight years back. I think I was a lot more forgiving for a lot of years, but then repetitively had the same people hurt the same way in the same set of circumstances where I got real hard, you know, after a while where I was like, fuck this, this is not cool. Just letting people beat you over the head over and over again. I've watched you. Yes. And it toughened me up in a way where now it, I I just have no room. Like you can't really hurt me that badly. You got to be real close, you know, like to hurt. So yeah, I just think that I, but that was also part of like the martyr mentality that I think I had for a lot of times too, where I would take the beating because I knew somebody had to. And I have that like, uh, that that's almost like a maternal instinct a little bit, you know, where I love you and I know you're going to hurt me and I'm going to let you love me. You know, I'll love you through it anyway. And maybe one day you'll come around and understand that, but that people don't come around and understand that, you know, like they're living (laughs) in their own world, doing their own thing. And most of the time don't even realize how I'm taking that stuff on. So yeah, I definitely think that I was conditioned a little bit into the uh, hard shell. Yeah. But like you said, the older we get, the harder that gets to, uh, to maintain Mm -hmm. that you got to start to break it free a little bit. Um, I definitely want to get into ways that we cope with forgiveness or some of the things that I've been trying to do to get better at this, um, just on a personal journey, but I don't know. I was trying to think of a good forgiveness story that, uh, that I had in my past or in my history. And the one thing that really stood out in my head was, um, I have a really close friend who, you know, like in the circumstances where I was hurt, she really wasn't trying to hurt me. She was just doing what was right for her. And I had a really hard time seeing that that had nothing to do with me. You know, like I definitely took her decision to heart when it really wasn't about me at all. I just made it about me. So that forgiveness story, I think, in you know, it went on, I held a grudge on this for years, you know, like, and we were still friends, but never like we had been. Mm -hmm. And then I just realized how much it hurt to not have her in my 
life, even though we still saw each other and we still spent time together occasionally. And she was always like around that. I wasn't willing to let her in again because I was so hurt by her choices. And, um, and it was really funny because when I finally was ready to let go of that, we did talk about it, you know, and it was, um, way uncomfortable. Like I said, I love confrontation. I'm all about getting up, but that was not fun. Like I did not enjoy that because it was an equal amount of, yeah, I know I'm as responsible for our distance, you know, as you yeah, were, confrontation you know, like, is only fun when you're like in your face, I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I um, know. And this was not like that. Yeah. Um, but I will say that, you know, full circle, we're closer now than we've ever been and that it is um a true testament to people that really love you that when shit like that goes down that it's um that it's going to be okay you know and that when you hurt people people that you love you know that she was really patient with me while I was working out what I needed to work out so we could move forward she held space for you she did and dude I'm emotional but like I'm so grateful because she could have just been like fuck that bitch you know like I'm just doing what's right for me and if she took that the wrong way well that's her problem you know and but she didn't do that you know like she did a great job of assuming responsibility for her part and being truly sorry that I was hurt you know like through the whole situation so yeah like that kind of stuff so how did that feel you know what? I'm not going to lie. It was still really hard. Even after I let it go. Like, Dang it, Laurie. I, I was looking for like a, oh my gosh, it felt fantastic. It feels it fantastic today. Okay. Okay. It feels great today. Okay. But at the time, like I still was, um, and you know what? I also think that it has a lot to do with like, it was not just between the two of us. There were lots of people involved, you know, like in the whole scenario. So maybe part of it was that I was my, forgiveness as it were was being observed from outside you know influences and I was really concerned about how that was going to look or what that was going to so it was like you were in an aquarium yes. and everyone was watching everybody was yeah and yeah. like so I think that that outside influences made a big difference as well because at the time I was a lot more concerned about what everybody thought about a situation than I would be today yeah. you know like if that kind of thing would go down today I don't think I would have had any kind of problem with it you know but at the time it was really hurtful and hard. And I think that that's so interesting to me only because for as long as I held on to it, it was way more painful for me than I realized until it was gone. And then even after we were able to move forward, things were kind of awkward and weird for a while, you know, like we had to get back into our groove and, um, and then, yeah, like I said, now things are better than they ever were, but, um, friendship's rocky man like it is uh tricky and again a lot of that situation between the two of us I was equally responsible which made it equally as hard to go ahead and resolve that yeah um I've been prepping our listeners on (laughs) the stories and stuff and Facebook lives um about my forgiveness story and Laurie already knows this story she is one of obviously, um, my best friends and already knows this about me. And as most of you know, um, I went to Catholic school for, um, a lot of my school years, first through eighth grade. So you have to imagine I grew up in a very 
small community of people who could be trusted. And it was supposed to be a safe space. And, um, so I had this really good guy friend, like through seventh and eighth grade, probably. Um, cause he didn't go there when we were younger. Um, and I'm going to do my best to not say his name, but we all know how that went <laughs> and boundaries where I was like, I'm not going to say the name and totally Blech. said the name. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to try my best here. So, um, seventh and eighth grade, we were super, super, super close. He was one of my best friends and you know, eighth grade rolls around and we all have to decide where we're going to high school. Well, obviously most of my friends went to the Catholic high school, as was expected of a lot of us. Um, my parents gave me the choice of whether I wanted to go to public high school or the Catholic high school. And I chose to go the public school route because I was really passionate about theater. And I knew that I would have um, a better program there, more opportunities. You know, there's more money in public school theater. And so I, you know, wanted to go to college for theater and everything, which I ended up doing. And so it was obviously the best choice for me to do that. So imagine ninth grade, I go from small Catholic school class of 50 kids to public high school where my freshman class was like a thousand kids. And that's not an exaggeration. Such a big transition. <laughs> so, and you know, um, so many changes, right. And you're God, how old are you? 13, 14 mm -hmm. years old. Um, so think of that, you know, like hard time anyway. And, um, so it was still like first semester of freshman year. I'm this super small fish in this really huge pond, lake, sea, yeah. um, you know, and thank God I had a couple girlfriends that I knew there that like I danced with and all that. So I wasn't totally alone, but, um, so still freshman year, um, first semester, still adjusting to everything. I get an email, um, hotmail mm -hmm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that dates me a little bit, wow. um, from this guy friend. And it was really strange. It was a very strange situation because it was obviously addressed to me, but the email was written as if it was to somebody else. Um, so this email was like, I have this friend named Jessica and she's so great and beautiful and one of my best friends. And I really, really like her. Um, but I am going to slit her throat. I bought a knife and I'm going to slit her throat. I'm going to shoot my mom, um, with a gun. And then he also, um, threatened another girl that we went to school with in this letter. And I forgot how it's not important, whatever he threatened her. He threatened his mom and he threatened me all in this email. Um, so still really strange with his wording and was just very graphic with how he wanted to go about things that I'll spare you guys a lot of the details. Like what in the actual fuck? Okay, like, <laughs> right. Um, so my little teenage brain thought that it was, um, super smart to print off this email. And I ran upstairs to my room and, um, I called who anyone would call their best friend. Duh. <laughs> so I called Jackie and, um, 
Jackie and her wisest 14-year-old little girl self. Thank God for Jackie. Thank God for Jackie said, Jessica, you need to talk to your parents immediately, which is what I should have done in the first place. I mean, but that's why we have Jackie. I was freaking out. So, um, I of course show this email to my parents. They of course take it extremely seriously because in the email, it said that he had already purchased the knife where he got it from. I mean, like I, I remember this email, like it was yesterday. So the cops come to my house, you know, there's this whole report and, oh, we're going to go over there and blah, 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 blah. Um, so things happen, things are confiscated, um, you know, things happen. He ends up, um, I've slept since then. I don't know if he got kicked out of school or if he voluntarily pulled out of the school. Um, and to specify, he went off to the Catholic high school. So I went to public school. He went to the Catholic high school. Um, and basically the offer on the table was a mediation. Okay. And so, um, I wanted a mediation because I wanted closure light bulb moment. Maybe this is why I'm bad at closure. (laughs) This is Absolutely. I had never thought about it until you just said that. Um, so sorry, I'm laughing guys. I laugh when I'm uncomfortable. So it's my defense mechanism. I don't want anybody to think that I'm not taking this seriously or that this is in any way funny. This is just for all of you who know me, I giggle and laugh when I'm extremely uncomfortable. So that's why I'm doing this. Your story. You can laugh if you want to. I want to go to this mediation because I don't remember exactly, um, what happened as far as charges go, but my, my parents were basically like, this kid needs help. You know, um, we don't want to see him like go off to jail and ruin his life. Like, you know, like this kid needs help and I needed help. So I remember my mom took me to this therapist and it was such bullshit because, um, and my poor mother, like doing the best that she could trying to help me in this situation was like, I'm going to get my kids some help. And all I remember about that therapy session was this therapist staring at me. I'm 14 years old. And she's like, do you want to kill yourself? What? That's all she had to ask me. And then I was like, "Uh, no, no. And she was like, are you depressed? And I I remember thinking at 14, I'm like, isn't that your job, right? Is this for real life? I know. Like it it was the strangest thing. And it turned me off to therapy, which is weird because I love therapy now, but I was just immediately turned off by the situation. And so therapy wasn't helping. And so that's why I wanted this mediation because I was like, well, nothing else is working. So yes, let's get together. Let's talk. I'll never forget dating myself again on the drive over there. I was listening to the Aerosmith, um, I believe that album was called Just Push Play with yes. Jaded on it. Um, cause Jaded was my jam and I felt very jaded <laughs> at the time. Um, and I remember walking into this room and there was this long table, um, in this room and my mom and I sat on one side. Um, he and his mom sat on the other side directly across from one another. So like not on the long ends, I'm talking like face to face, face to face on the short end. Right. Who thought that out? (laughs) Right. And I just remember like trying to look him in the eye and saying, why did you do this? 
why, why did you do this? And he couldn't even look at me. And he just kept on looking at the table and saying, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, like mumbling and just a shell of a kid, you know? Um, and I remember his mom saying like, he was just lashing out and me being like, he threatened to shoot you with a gun. Right. Like this is not. And cut my throat like, yeah, like, while we're at it. This is, this is serious. And, um, so I was really annoyed with her. Um, sorry, but I was, no, I mean, and, um, so I left without, cause he wouldn't, he wouldn't do anything. He wouldn't say anything. So yeah, light bulb moment. This is probably why I'm terrible at closure and ending things because like, I was totally robbed of what I needed in that moment. Yeah. And which was some ownership of behavior and right. Yeah. Like, right. Um, like he couldn't even say, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know? So I was just like, fuck this shit. So fast forward, you know, I, I went on my high school career, like pretending like it never happened. Because I had had no other choice. I tried therapy. That was a joke. I tried mediation. Didn't get the closure I needed there. Um, And of course, my parents are wonderful. And they were, my parents have always been like, whatever you need, we're here. But I didn't know what what to need need or what I needed to do. So I just went on with my high school career as if it never happened. And... Fast forward to adulthood. Um, I was, when was the first year we went to Tony Robbins? Uh, 2015. 2014 or 15? No, it was 2015 because I was pregnant, pregnant and I right. didn't know it. Yeah. Um, so fast forward to 2015, I'm 28 years mm-hmm. old, newly pregnant, didn't know I was pregnant. Um, walking on fire and shit. (laughs) And so many things popped out at me during Tony Robbins and just how shut off to vulnerability I was Mm -hmm. that I was this hard shelled, um, suit of armor, um, black, cold hearted, don't like feelings person because of what happened to me. I'd never linked the way I was as an adult to what happened when I was 14. Yeah. Um, but through unleash the power within, I, it was just like a flood and Laurie was there. I cried for 72 hours straight. Um, I think we all did, but I was about to say that was a group situation. It was a lot of, cathartic it was good realizations of oh my god this is why I am the way I am because this happened to me and because up to that point Laurie like and you know this about me I was constantly like um you know if one of the girls at work was like oh I'm having a bad day because of this (laughs) I was like suck it up buttercup yeah deal with it life's hard you know that everything I was one of those annoying ass bitches who was like if you said you had a headache I had a migraine (laughs) that you know what I mean that 
if you're suffering, I'm suffering more. Right. Like, yeah. If, if whatever you're going through, I had it harder because, you know, and I didn't know this was why it was going on, but like my life was threatened. Mm -hmm. My best friend wanted to slip my throat open with a knife that he purchased from, you know, like, and it just, it never clicked for me until that moment. Right. So, you know, then I find out I'm pregnant and I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to be a mother. And I just like learned all this new trauma that I have in my life. Great. Um, so Adelaide's first year of life was obviously like amazing and it was a roller coaster and there were great moments and bad moments and all these things. But, um, I, I was 29 when I had Adelaide. So approaching my 30th birthday, I felt this pull in my heart that, um, it had been 16 years since, um, the situation with my friend and that for 16 years, I thought about him every fucking day of my life. And that I was tired of thinking about him and not in a bad way. I was just exhausted, you know, and, um, ready to let go. And so I was a total stalker and I looked him up on Facebook and found him. And so I, and this was right before my 30th birthday, I sent him a message and I said, hi, I want you to know that I don't need to be friends. I don't want to be friends, but I've been doing a lot of soul searching over this past year. I've realized that the way I am as an adult is a direct result from our situation and what happened. And I'm ready to own that and let it go. And so in honor of turning 30 and being a mother, I need to be an example to my daughter and forgive you. And, um, I told him I didn't even need a response. I was like, you, you don't even have to answer, but I, you know, and we've already discussed in this episode, like that they don't need to know, but I needed him to know. Yeah. I needed him to know that I'm okay. That I don't hold hatred in my heart anymore. That we were children. Yeah. And that I hope that however his life turned out, I hope that everything was awesome and that I wish nothing but the best for him, but that that was as far as I was willing to go. Yeah. And he did answer and he said, thank you so much. You have no idea how many times I've wanted to reach out, but thought obviously that it was crossing a boundary and that that wasn't a smart idea. Um, and that he was just eternally grateful for my message. And we have not reached out to each other since then. There's no need to, um, because I was, um, I was sincere. I, we were children and that doesn't make what he did. Okay. What he did was extremely serious. And there's, I mean, I don't know exactly all the punishment that he went through, but you know, he, um, he must've served some sort of situation or probation or something. I don't know that for sure, but, um, 
I know that he went through like a military program and you know, all that. So, um, it immediately, I felt a physical change. And so that's why it was really interesting when we brought up this episode and you did all this research on the physical benefits of forgiveness, Mm -hmm. because I was like, yes, I've experienced this. Um, and what is kind of funny is that obviously this is one of the biggest situations in my life where forgiveness has been a super serious situation. Um, but it took me 16 years. So (laughs) if I ever need to forgive anyone else, (laughs) it might take 16 years or so, but I mean, okay. That story though is massive when it comes to the ability to forgive, you know, like, and while you were talking, I was thinking like, I guess I'm not bad at forgiving everybody. Like, obviously there's people really like Aubrey and I've been together for 20 years, you know, like how many times have we had to forgive each other, you know, in that time. So, but something like that, even like you said, you hadn't talked to him in 16 years, you know, like he would have never known one way or the other. Um, that, yeah, that just takes a really big person and is so cool that you recognize that that needed to happen and that you took action on it. Like talk about creating closure. Like you can't say you're that bad at it because when you were back, <laughs> I created a wall, it myself like, you did it 16 years later. Yes. <laughs> so, and all it took was getting pregnant and turning 30. Like yeah. there you go. I, I guess major life changes bring on. Yes. That kind of stuff. Absolutely. I also, Ooh, this is so interesting though. Like anytime I've forgiven somebody, like I want to say easily, but that where it came easily to me, it was also somebody I just didn't want to be mad at anymore. You know, like, so maybe it was partially a selfish decision that I was making, which was yeah. really what forgiveness in all of our studies is turns out to be is that it really is a, you do it for you and not for them. Do you think that it's kind of like how people say like happiness is a choice, you know? Oh yeah. Forgiveness is a choice. Totally. It's absolutely a choice. Yeah. And I guess the other part of it is like, and this kind of goes back to like four agreements and really evaluating the story that you tell yourself is that the older that I've gotten, I'm not as angry with people, but it's mainly just because I don't, um, I don't give them the power to make me angry in order to need to forgive, you know, like that at 42, there's probably a lot of things that people do to me now that when I was 25, if you had done to me, I would have needed to forgive you, you know, and today I don't need to forgive you because I'm not as affected by, you know, like all of these things, these little things anyway. So yeah, forgiveness is a bitch, y'all. It really is. That's pretty much the gist of this um, (laughs) episode is that it's really hard. But one thing that's super helping me, because I honestly have been working on it, I'm trying to get better, is the journaling part. Mm, So, and you kind of taught me this year ago, longer, that I just, I don't write directly to the person that hurt me. I just write about how it feels to me, what happened. So it really hurt me when you did this. I really wish that you could just acknowledge that this happened. Um, God, I love writing a letter. And really, it feels good, you know, like yeah. to put it down. And that, 
okay, I'll validate you. When I do that, <laughs> yeah, I immediately feel better. You know, mm-hmm. like as soon as I put the pen down, I'm like, okay, that felt good. You know, yeah. to that's my advice to everyone. Yes. I'm like, I mean, I don't care if it's for forgiveness or you want to confront somebody. Mm-hmm. I'm like, write a letter, whether it's to them or yourself, right? Write a letter, and you never have to give it to them, nope. and they never have to see it. No, nope. or you can give it to them. You know, yep. like whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. but that and writing's always been therapeutic for me anyway, but yeah, really getting the way I feel about that out has helped so much with putting things down, even, um, in my own narrative. But what I have not tried is I have not tried writing about forgiving myself. And so maybe I should play with that a little bit. Like, yeah, well, you know, what I like to do rather than handwriting things, because I used to handwrite things, but I can type a lot faster right. than I can write. So what I like to do is I just get on my laptop and just stream of consciousness, like mind dump, whatever is in my heart and soul. And most of the time, I don't even know what I'm typing. Yeah. It just like my fingers just go. It just comes out. And then I read it and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I'm deep. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Damn. Did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, who, yeah. Um, but that's my advice, um, for anyone. And Laurie seems to like it. I, so. I like it. Um, <laughs> what else about, like, is there any, uh, any other methods of forgiveness that you feel like, uh, I think that, um, you know, if, um, being like kumbaya about it, isn't your style, I say go office space on something. <laughs> You know, really get the physical ailments out. Yeah. Um, my mom, when I was in like junior high and I was really upset or angry about something, she would give me a tennis racket and we'd go into my room and I would hit pillows with a tennis racket, you know, and just like physically beat something, you know, and it felt good to get it out. Or, um, back when I used to work at TGI Fridays and they would change out the glassware and have all of this old glassware that they were just going to throw in the trash. We'd go out to the dumpsters and we'd break glass. And that felt really good <laughs> back when you could get away with that kind of thing. I'm sure yeah. now you'd probably get in trouble for that. But, um, so yeah, but that's funny. Cause I don't feel like I'm a real physically, I don't, no. I don't, uh, I don't express my anger physically so much anymore. That was a younger thing, but yeah. I don't know. Some people, uh, my friend Katie's Some people need that. way into kickboxing right yes, now. And she I says that, that it and totally it just, is changing yes. how she processes things to have like that physical thing that you can I love that for her. Um, you know, what really helped me so much before I stopped doing it, I should probably try again is I loved, uh, sweating and hot yoga, mm. That that was really therapeutic when I had a bad day yeah. or when I was really um, upset with somebody for something and I would go well, do like that. All that, um, energy that you soaked in throughout the day, mm-hmm. just like sweats, just sweats out of, out your of your body. You. And you're like, yes. Oh, and the best thing about hot yoga is that if you're tired and you can't do it anymore, you, they tell you, you can just lay on the mat and sweat. And I was like, okay, I can do that. Like <laughs> that is totally into it. So totally paying for a sweaty nap right now. Physically get it, it out, writing it out. Mm-hmm. Um, or just talking about it with a friend. Yeah. Being but, able to vent a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to keep working on this cause I know it's good for my health. <laughs> yes. It is good for your health. It's about me. It's not about them. Yeah. Forgiveness doesn't really have anything to do with the other person. It doesn't. No. All right. Well, uh, if this episode strikes a chord with you anywhere, or you feel like there's somebody in your world that, uh, 
would benefit from it, we would really love for you to send them this episode. Um, definitely uh, get on and like and share and subscribe and write us reviews. And um, we just so appreciate all of you guys listening. And we hope you do yourself a favor and get better at forgiving. Forgiveness. Okay. Bye, girl. <laughs> Bye.